eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Odyssey Sports presents Big Time Baseball. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. A brand new week here in Major League Baseball. It means only one thing. You are listening to Big Time Baseball and Odyssey Sports. Cody Decker, former professional baseball player, turned professional smartass on the radio with me as always. He is a legend in the industry. You can see him everywhere. MLB Network, New York Post, you name it. He's there. John Heyman. John how you been, man? It's been way too long since I've heard your lovely, lovely voice, and we got to talk a lot of baseball. Trade deadline coming up, man. Well, I'm not sure how lovely it is, but uh, great to talk to you, Cody, and let's get with it. Yeah, let's do it. Um, uh, the first domino has officially dropped, and it's going to the Mets. Daniel Vogelbach, or as I like to refer to him as Vogel Unit, just the most awesome player I love to play against or see play. He's just he hammers righties. He's a good platoon player. He's got some serious pop. Um, obviously, it's not going to be the last move the Mets are going to make or try to make, I should really say. Who knows who they actually end up with. But your thoughts on this Vogelbach move and the first domino to fall in the trade deadline with all the names that are starting to be bantered around? Yeah, I mean, they needed a hitter and quick, and they got one. So I, I give them credit. Uh, you know, Vogelbach will, or Vogelback, if you prefer, will fit in nicely. Um, they needed that left-handed DH. Uh, obviously, Don Smith had not done what he had done a couple years ago with the team. You know, they tried started with Robinson Cano. It looked like the Mets had a lot of DHs to begin the year, and really none of them have really produced. Pete Alonso, give him credit. He's doing it alone in that middle of that lineup, and uh, Vogelback will help. They are still looking for another middle-of-the-order bat, though, and I'm sure that they will get it eventually. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are names out there, uh, especially seeing how the Red Sox have started their second half. A couple of names in the Red Sox are being thrown around. The Mets have interest in what are you hearing about the idea of J.D. Martinez potentially being moved? And if so, is there another team that would be as high on him as the Mets would be? <laughs> well, I like the idea of J.D. Martinez. There's nothing concrete yet. We don't know that the Red Sox are going to be a seller they're kind of in that middle ground right now. I would not be surprised if they do sell. So add them to the list, and the list is pretty good. Obviously, Josh Bell they've talked about. Trey Mancini they've talked about. You've got Nelson Cruz. You've got C.J. Crone. 
Um, you know, Wilson Contreras, potentially in half. There are a lot of good hitters on the market. That's one thing that uh, there is supply. Uh, another thing, of course, is bullpen, but certainly there are hitters starting pitching in short supply. But the Mets are fortunate. They don't look like they're going to need starting pitching. They do look like they need a hitter, and they do look like they need bullpen. So it's it's falling into place nicely for them, although right now they've not been able to make a deal on Bell, or they've tried for yet. And Mancini, we're not sure that he's going to be traded at this point. Baltimore's been a little bit of a surprise, so give them credit. And, uh, you know, with no guarantee he will be dealt, but uh, I, I think there's still a pretty good chance that he will be dealt. Yeah, you mentioned that Baltimore. I mean, they're currently 48 and 48. They're three and a half out of a wild card spot. And, you know, we're even talking about the Red Sox. You just mentioned the Red Sox are potentially a team that could be sellers. They're kind of on the fence on whether or not they're going to be sellers or not. And they are only up a half game on the Orioles. So that's why I'm a little surprised that the Orioles seem to be hot on moving Mancini. Do you think that's going to happen? Or do you think the Orioles might be willing to throw their hat in the ring and maybe adding on and maybe competing a little bit for this uh, potential extra wild card spot yeah i mean it's too early to be sure we still have a week to go you know these things go down to the wire and uh, you know baltimore no reason for them not to take it to the wire with this uh, as you said they're right there with the red sox not the red sox are a house of fire but give baltimore credit they're having a terrific year the bullpen's been outstanding uh, they got a good top of that lineup and lately uh mateo and a couple others have added to that or arias so um, you know, I, I would say I'd be surprised if they move Mancini in the next couple of days, but I would say by the end of this deadline, I, I still think there's a good chance that they do trade him. What about um, you mentioned Josh Bell? And he's a very interesting name out there. And he's an interesting name for multiple reasons, one of which he's obviously a good uh, bat to have, a first baseman that could possibly move into the outfield on occasions. Uh, but on top of that, he also plays for the Nationals. And Juan Soto's name is obviously at the top of everybody's list right now. Um, could you see a potential of them being packaged together with a team? Or is this a thing where Juan Soto is only going to be going by himself <laughs> and Josh Bell will likely go elsewhere? Well, you never want to say never. We saw Trey Turner and Max Scherzer, the two, probably the two best players on last year's market package together. But I mean, in this case, they're both great hitters. So I would say it, they're going to be separate. Uh, Bell's going to command quite a bit, but obviously Soto's going to command many, many, many times more than that. Uh, he's just one of the best players in the game. And, you know, I think we know the teams that are involved. Certainly, we're talking about the Mets. The Mets would love to get Soto, but. You know, I just don't see the Nats trading Juan Soto in their division. I know there's going to be more of a balanced schedule going forward, but I don't think they want to see him with the Mets. So they'd have to pay a premium, and I, I just don't see the Mets doing that. Bell, more realistic for them. They have made an offer or two or more on Bell. Still haven't been able to come together on that yet, but I would say separately for those two guys. But Good for the Mets that there are many, many hitters on this market. And, you know, I think San Diego's looking for hitting. Milwaukee's looking for hitting. A few other teams may be looking for hitting. But I think it's a better position to be in to look for a big hitter than a big starting pitcher at this point. Yeah, and you, you mentioned San Diego. They're a team that very much intrigues me going forward in this trade deadline for multiple reasons, one of which they have some needs. They're not playing their best baseball right now. They may, we don't know this for sure yet, but they may be losing Mackenzie Gore for a little bit of time, which would not be ideal for the team. And they have not been swinging the bat well lately, and they're still waiting on uh, on Fernando Tatis Jr. 
they also have a lot of prospects, a lot of prospects. And AJ Preller is not afraid to trade away anything. He's made that abundantly clear over the past seven years. How realistic is it for that team to wind up with Juan Soto come trade deadline? Yeah, I mean, I, I do think there's a, good, a decent chance of that happening. Uh, they were the first team that I thought of and wrote about when this uh, became a possibility that Juan Soto was out there on the market. I mean, obviously, A.J. Preller is aggressive. He identified Juan Soto early on as a guy that he wanted when he was an amateur, when Soto was an amateur player. They ultimately decided, you know, maybe we'll look at Mancata instead of Soto, but he identified Soto very quickly. He loves Soto. He certainly is going to give it a shot. Um, you know, I think... It's, you know, the Cardinals, Padres, probably the Dodgers are probably the more likely candidates to land Soto, the Mariners possibility as well. You know, I know the Yankees are going to be trying uh, to get Soto. I'm not sure they have the right prospect mix. And, of course, the Mets in that same division. To me, they're a long shot at this point. But I, I see San Diego doing what it can. And, and San Diego does have the prospects, as you mentioned, even without Gore, they've got James Wood, who's an outfielder. People have compared him to a next, the next Willie McCovey type, so that's pretty darn good. Obviously, they got C.J. Abrams, and they have some other high-end young players. I think it may come down to San Diego's higher-end guys versus St. Louis's sure things. You know, they've got several guys who've already been called up and doing a pretty good job at the major league level between Dylan Carlson and Bader and certainly Nolan Gorman. They also have Mason Wynn and Walker. And St. Louis has got some prospects, many position prospects, more than pitching prospects at this point. And, and frankly, the Nets need position players. Uh, oftentimes, teams will love to get the pitchers. But in this case, I don't think the Nets would be upset to go with a good position package. But certainly young players, prospects for most, most teams, in the case of St. Louis, I think they're going to look at these major league players. And, uh, you know, I, I do see that as a possibility. But the difference between St. Louis and San Diego is San Diego needs a bat. St. Louis needs pitching more than a bat. Now, particularly with Matt's going down, um, you know, joining Flaherty on the IL now coming up. So, um, you know, I think St. Louis uh, needs pitching more than a bat. Yeah, I would agree with that as well. Uh, on top of that, I, I kind of feel the same way about the Dodgers. And, and, and it's not that the Dodgers need pitching, but they definitely don't need more offense. But, you know, adding a Juan Soto to any team is never a unwanted or unwelcome thing. I just think that the Padres really could use Juan Soto right now, not only just in now in general, I mean, to bolster that offense, but if they get Manny Machado, I mean, they have Manny Machado, but they get Fernando Tatis Jr. back as well. That three-headed monster offensively all of a sudden looks unbeatable between Manny Machado, Juan Soto, and Fernando Tatis Jr. Uh, I'm, I'm excited to see where this is going, but my question for you is, is this kind of holding up the market, just this Juan Soto specter uh, kind of hovering over the entire trade market? Are teams waiting to see what happens there before they make other moves, or are teams just going to go ahead and just start spending, making the moves now, and just knowing where Juan Soto will end up in one of three or four teams? Yeah, I mean, it might, might be holding up part of the market. I, I do think that the market for these big players usually, and most players, usually comes down to the last 48 hours. You know, sometimes if they need a, um, a physical, it might take, you know, the last 72 hours. But 
All these trades come down to the end. We have so many teams that are kind of in the middle, on the fence, if you will, you know, between Texas, Miami, Boston, which we referenced, maybe even the Giants and the White Sox. So you're not sure at this point whether they're going to be buyers or sellers. And, you know, I think teams kind of like to wait to the end to see whether they should buy or should sell. So, you know, I'm not going to blame the holdup if there is one on Soto. Um but certainly could be part of the equation because those bigger teams, the Padres, Dodgers, Mets, you know, they may still be holding out some hope for Soto before going in full blazes for a Bell who's really good hitter. He's not one Soto, but a really good hitter or Mancini or some of these other guys. You know, uh, I, I, I love that idea, but there is one player I feel like his trade market has been held up by Soto. And what do you think of this idea that we're not going to find out where Andrew Benatendi is going to go until we know where Juan Soto's going? Um, you know, Benatendi is an interesting case. Yeah. Uh, you know, he has not been vaccinated as far as we know. He wouldn't address it at the All-Star game. He is red hot. I'm hitting he and Austin Riley are Two guys, I think there might be one other hitting over 400 over the last month. And, you know, he could help a lot of teams, including the Yankees. I think the Yankees, you know, if he's unvaccinated, they can't, they, they're not going to take him because they still have to play Toronto. They may face him in the playoffs, but, you know, Ben Attendee wouldn't dress it. So maybe he will get vaccinated, you know, if depending on what team he is traded to. It's, I, I just think he's a fascinating case, one we haven't seen before. He can use that unvaccinated status as a de facto uh, no trade clause if he does for instance and i don't know this to be the case if toronto which is a team that's shown interest in him trades for him he could say well i'm not vaccinated guys and at that point he can't certainly can't go to toronto unvaccinated you know the yankees may have to think about it if he's unvaccinated but i don't think from what i understand that they'll take him unvaccinated they think that you know somebody like that will get vaccinated if it's a matter of going to the yankees Yankees had a couple players unvaccinated a couple weeks before they went to Toronto and they got vaccinated because they wanted to play for the team. And they're, you know, give the Yankees credit. They've gotten their guys vaccinated and uh, able to play in Toronto. And I think they feel that way about Benintendi, too. Not that they know him, not that they know for sure they're not in contact with him, but certainly will be an interesting case. Very interesting case because listen, if he, this isn't about whether or not someone's rights to get vaccinated or not get vaccinated. This is about whether or not this guy's going to be able to play in October. And at the end of the day, the Blue Jays look like they're going to be making the playoffs. So if the Yankees go ahead and pick up Andrew Benatendi and they lose an Andrew Benatendi in October for roughly two high impact games that say, you know, let's say hypothetically they lost these games. The Cashman's going to look so much worse than the Royals looked last week when this whole announcement came out. It's not even gonna be funny. I mean, he'll be fired before before the game ends. <laughs> well, you know, I, it, this is not the George Steinbrenner era. So, you know, I, I do think they'll make that trade contingent upon a vaccination for Benintendi. I, I can't imagine they'll make that trade and then hope that he gets vaccinated. I, I, I don't see that happening. If he doesn't, does that just limit Ben attending to being a nationally trade target, like to the San Diego Padres, who he has kind of been linked to? And I know AJ Preller yeah. loves him some Andrew Benatendi. Yeah, you know, you hear Milwaukee. There are certain teams that, that do need offense. He is hitting up a storm. He's a good defensive player. He's got some postseason pedigree. Um, you know, he, he's going to be traded somewhere, vaccinated or unvaccinated. He, he's that good a player. Mm-hmm. 
you know, looking throughout the league, of course, obviously all eyes on on Soto. And I do have one more Soto question. What what are you hearing is going to be the actual asking price? I mean, we've heard rumors on what their asking price could be. We've heard rumors about potential packages that have been put together, but nothing really concrete. What are you kind of gathering or thinking this could be or what are you hearing that this could be? You know, I think it's going to be four or five top prospects or good young players at the major league level, you know, and I I don't begrudge them asking anything. You know, Juan Soto certainly asked for quite a bit in his negotiations, and I don't blame him. He's that type of player. And certainly in trade with three years to go or two and a half, three playoff runs, uh, they should ask for a ton. There aren't these type of players who are traded. I know Ron Darling named one on our podcast for the post uh, last night I can't remember who it is but you know there are just so few outstanding players who are in their mid to early 20s the two I came up with were Babe Ruth and Miguel Cabrera and they were both close to 25 you know he's 23 I'm not going to say he's Babe Ruth but he's 23 you know he's younger than those two uh you know I'm not gonna certainly nobody's Babe Ruth but you know I think Miguel Cabrera is a fair comp who was a year and a half older than Soto. And, you know, that trade did not work out for the Marlins. They got Mabin, who I love. He's a Yankee broadcaster and, you know, does some good work in broadcasting and had a decent career. And they got Andrew Miller, who wound up having a very good career elsewhere, not with Miami and Badenhop. You know, if they get that comp for Juan Soto, that is a disaster. Uh, sorry, <laughs> you know, they're going to have to get better than that. And I do think they're going to, someone's going to pay the piper, pay four or five big time young players for this guy who is one of the best players in the game. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy all in one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. And I know I know it seems like I'm being a homer with the Padres here, but again, I keep thinking about what A.J. Preller traded to the Rays to get his hands on Blake Snell. It was one hell of a haul for the Tampa Bay Rays. If that's what the Rays got for Snell, I can't imagine what the Nats might get their hands on from the San Diego Padres for Juan Soto. Yeah, I mean, he gave up a lot for Clevenger. Doesn't look like he gave up a lot for Darvish. You know, every trade is its own uh, beast, shall we say. Uh, But this guy is the most valuable of anybody that I think he will or has acquired, and he loves him the most, and it's going to be a lot. They've done a great job getting prospects. They're very good scouts in San Diego. They have the wherewithal to do it. You know, you know. I don't think they would take that bad contract along with it. They don't have that kind of money. That's one advantage the Yankees or Mets or a team like that could do. They could take the Patrick Corbin. San Diego, I think, is going to have to rely on giving up their prospects. You know, you take on the $17 million of Soto, which, you know, he's underpaid, as we know, even at $17 million, but that's a fair amount of money for San Diego to take on. That's enough. They don't need to take on Corbin. They got prospects they can give up. And 
they're certainly going to be in the mix. You know, you hear St. Louis, you hear San Diego at this point. Certainly the Dodgers can't forget them. They already have incredible lineup. We looked at it as an all-time lineup going in, and they've performed as well or better than anybody offensively. I don't know that it's all-time. If they get Soto, I think at that point we can declare that's an all-time great lineup. And look, they've added in midstream Scherzer, um, Trey Turner, Darvish, Machado. I mean, they've done a great job with their getting their prospects together as well and making those deals. So certainly the Dodgers are a big player in this as well. And, you know, I don't, I don't consider you a hometown guy, but it is your hometown teams that are really heavily in the mix other than St. Louis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and St. Louis is a very unique team right now, battling for that NL Central. And the other team you mentioned, the Brewers, they're clearly going to be active. I do have a question for you. Sticking with that NL Central, uh, Wilson Contreras gave a very interesting interview yesterday, post game, kind of teared up, feeling like that's going to be the last time he's ever going to talk to anybody while member of the Cubs in in Wrigley. Um, what are you saying about his market? Because he's been linked to a couple of teams. We've even discussed it months ago about the Mets here. Um, I even mentioned the White Sox might be a team that should be looking for him at the time when Grandall was hurt. But Mike Zunino is out for the year now for the Rays, and the Rays do need some offensive help. Do you think that the Rays might go ahead and try and get their hands on Wilson Contreras? Sure. I mean, they are teams that surprised. I mean, who knows? You know, they tried for Freddie Freeman. You know, could they try for Soto? Who knows? You know, they've got prospects. They've they've got a good team. I I personally never understood how they do it. Good for them. They've been able to do it. To me, this is not one of their best years. But, you know, you add offense to that team, they're probably going to make the playoffs either way. You know, once you're in the playoffs, you never know. I mean, to me, I think there's kind of a line delineation. The top five teams, I'll include the Braves in there with the Astros. Dodgers and two Mets teams, those look like the five best teams. But once you're in the playoffs, you can make it. You can do it, um, certainly. So I don't count the Rays out for any of these guys. I mean, certainly Contreras could be in the mix for them. You could see San Diego, potentially San Francisco if they're a buyer. You know, the Mets have been linked. They're certainly talking with the Cubs. You know, it's interesting. I I think they do like – as a defensive player, McCann, and he's going to be back fairly soon. They paid a lot of money for him. But Contreras could be that hitter mostly and do some catching. Gives a little bonus that he can catch as well. So I could see him for the Mets as well. You know, uh, you, you mentioned a few teams there. Is there a team? that we're not thinking of. And when I say that, you you mentioned the Brewers, and my first thought was, man, I have not thought about the Brewers all week about the trade deadline, and you know they're going to be active. Uh, The Cardinals, clearly going to be active. The Rays, uh, a team I just mentioned to you, this is a team that might be active. Is there a team we're not thinking of that might be on the bubble, really close, that is going to be active that we're not thinking? Could Seattle be looking to uh, add on while they're currently holding on to one of these wild card spots? Is there another mystery team? You mentioned Texas. They're not a team that's super far out of it. Could they be looking to add on? <laughs> well, the mystery team term, I think, is we, we keep that for the free agency. Here, it's, it shouldn't be a mystery which teams are going to be looking to buy. Anybody in the race can be a buyer. Seattle certainly Jerry DePoto, their GM, has made a ton of trades. Certainly can see him being active. You know, I think they've been linked to Soto as well. You know, they have the prospects that could do it. Not sure that they're at the forefront, but 
You never know. I mean, all those teams on the bubble could be interesting buyers. The Giants, hard to tell whether they're a buyer or a seller. We wouldn't have thought going in they could be a seller, so maybe they'll be a buyer. The Red Sox, I don't think they're going to be a big buyer, but they could be because certainly they're still in the race. Um, could definitely see that. The White Sox could see them as a buyer. They're certainly in the race. Not that they played well, but in that division. Could end up winning the division. Never know. The Twins that aren't a team that we're talking about very much. Could see them as a buyer. They've surprised in the past. They surprised getting Correa. They definitely need pitching. And, you know, we talked about St. Louis and Milwaukee. St. Louis needs pitching more than hitting. So they gotta they got to go out and get some Starting pitching, I don't think there's any question whether they get Soto or not. They got to get a starting pitcher. Milwaukee is going to add a hitter some way, somehow. You know they're going to do it. You know, you mentioned pitching. And at the trade deadline, that's usually what everybody's after. Arms, arms, arms. There are not a lot of arms that I'm seeing on this yeah. market right now. Yeah. Obvious name is Castillo, possibly Montas over at uh, with Oakland. But really... Are there any arms out there that are going to be impactful arms? Are there bullpen arms that are going to be available that are going to be massively impactful? This seems like almost opposite year with this trade deadline that there's so many bats available, but not enough arms. Yeah, I mean, it's a real seller's market when it comes to starting pitchers. So Castillo's going to be a huge overpay. Cincinnati's got to figure out what to do there. We've seen the Dodgers, Yankees, Astros connected. There are going to be a lot of teams connected to Castillo. I mean, I could see the Twins. I it's tough to see the Cardinals, the Reds and the Cardinals making a deal. Eh, probably unlikely. They don't really like each other in the same division as well. Montas probably will get traded. He looked good in his turn back. He's going to have to throw another probably good start to really get what they want for him. But it's a seller's market. Generally, you're going to get a lot if you're selling a pitcher. If Boston becomes a seller of Aldi, although he hasn't been great lately, we know he's got playoff pedigree. He should bring back a lot. We'll see about Zach Plesek, somebody like that with the Guardians. You never know with them. We'll see. Um, you know, his name's been floated out there a bit, so I don't know, but not a ton of starters. You're absolutely right, Cody. Uh, well, on top of that, you, there are also teams that we've mentioned. We mentioned about every team that might be buyers or sellers so far today. And we did mention this team at the top of the show. And they have been, in my opinion, the most frustrating team in Major League Baseball. They're a team that's only a few games out of it. And when I say out of it, I mean, they're only a few games. They're four games out of first place. They're three and a half out of a wild card spot. And they look like they should be buyers, especially with their incredibly favorable schedule coming forward in the second half. And of course, I'm talking about the Chicago White Sox. On paper, this team should be up 10 games on their division. But actuality, they've been quite frankly, bad. They've been a tale of two cities. They've been either a team that beats up on a team or they get beat up on and there seems to be no in-between. What does this team need to be after at this trade deadline, if anything? Yeah, I mean, I think they need a left-handed bat. Certainly could use a starting pitcher. They're going to be looking at pitching. I do think they're a buyer. they got that favorable schedule that you talked about. They're in a very, very weak division overall. I mean, you and I talked early before the season, and we thought this was one of the, if not the most prohibitive favorite to win a division of any team. So, I mean, it's certainly been a very disappointing first half, just like it has with San Francisco and Boston. This one seems even more disappointing considering the division they're in. But, you know, it's going to – I'm not even sure what they would sell if they do sell. But, you know, I do think they're a buyer. 
you know, most of their good young players are at the major league level already. So not sure they have a lot of buying power, but, you know, I'm with you. They're going to buy. And I would say left-handed bat and pitching generally is what they need. And I can't stress this enough. When I say favorable schedule going forward, just listen to these games that they have left. They still have eight more games against the Guardians, 11 more games against the Royals, 10 more games against the Tigers, nine more games against the Minnesota Twins, seven against Oakland, four against Colorado. I mean, this is a lot of games they should be able to win and hopefully get one of those wild card spots because I feel like if the White Sox don't win this year, they ain't winning for the next five to ten. You know, I kind of think they need to win that division if they're going to get in. And just in that, Same. Yeah, I mean, it just looks like there'll probably be three teams from the East, and you would think Seattle does it. If Seattle doesn't do it this year, I mean, wow. That would be so, – I mean, it's been two decades since yeah. they've been in the playoffs. We all predicted they'd be in the playoffs. They were disappointing. Then they were really good. They came out of the break and a 14-game winning streak. Then they went on a losing streak. I mean, Seattle better get in. And, you know, if they're in and the three East teams are in, I, I think the White Sox better be aiming at the Guardians and the Twins. And, you know, they get, they're a little behind. You know, they do have that favorable schedule. Not that the Guardians and Twins have very tough schedules coming up, but I mean, they, they got to play better than this. To me, those three 500 teams, the White Sox, Giants and Red Sox are probably the most disappointing teams. Although we could put the Tigers in that mix, right? Some some people yeah. had them, people who take flyers and believe in the fairy uh, tooth, you know, and all that stuff. Uh, you know, they, they, they thought the Tiger, I'm not in that mix. I went chalk because I don't like to be wrong. Uh, Tigers, they're a seller. You know, they have not mm-hmm. performed like we we would have thought, I would have thought they would have been decent. I didn't see them as a playoff team, but, uh, you know, uh, I, they got to be a seller as well. So, yeah, the White Sox schedule is going to get even easier once the Royals and the Tigers start selling off their pieces. Yep, you're not lying about that. And, yeah, the Tigers, who are a team, I think should be a seller. And lastly, who else should be a seller that isn't? I have one team on my mind and only one team. And it's because they have, we're talking about Juan Soto and how Juan Soto would be maybe the highest trade target in baseball history of this generation, possibly. I think the angels could change that within the hour. If they say Shohei Otani <laughs> is available. Well, they haven't said that so far. And all you hear is that it's unlikely from other teams. They're not talking about it. Just going by their history. Seems like a long shot to me. Can't rule it out. We heard forever that Soto's not available. Now he's available. Um, you know, so I'm not ruling it out. I'm glad that you brought it up. I do think the Angels will sell, but more likely Syndergaard, which isn't going to get a ton at this point. He's not been great this year. You know, could be first year back off the injury. Could be better next year. So they might get something for Syndergaard, but especially in this market, Angels are a seller. I could see, you know, I could see Boston as a seller. I could see Miami. I could see Texas. Although at this moment, they're not committed sellers. I don't think San Francisco is going to sell. I can see Boston selling. I could see Miami selling. Texas kind of in the middle right now. I could see them selling. And if they do, Martin Perez would be quite attractive on the market. Certainly would help that pitching market and, uh, but nothing would help the pitching and hitting market 
like Shohei Otani on the market. But, you know, I think it's a long shot. But, of course, we thought that about Soto, uh, you know, a week ago. Now he's out there. Yeah, well, I I personally, as a baseball fan, hope it happens. It would be an incredible experience to see a player that is the unicorn that is Shohei Otani beyond the trade market. Um, well, John, I, I, this has been a blast. I cannot wait to ch- cut it up with you again next week because, hey, we are coming down to the wire here with the trade deadline next week, and it's going to be an exciting one. This new playoff team in both leagues that's being added, it is just a complete, uh, it just seems like, so many buyers, not enough sellers. So it seems like you mentioned Castillo is a guy. Someone's going to overpay for this guy. Juan Soto, could you? can someone actually overpay for him? I don't know. That seems like a very relative <laughs> term with him. you got a generational talent like him. But this is going to be a very interesting 10 days. Absolutely. Uh, going to be fascinating. And it's going to go right down the wire like always. But uh, right now I'd say Soto, it's probably more likely than not. He gets traded, no guarantee. And Otani could be proven wrong, but I think it's a long shot. They seem to love to collect stars there rather than try to build a winner. I don't know. I think that's probably not the GM's doing, probably out of his hands. And I understand it to a degree. I mean, he is the greatest draw in the game, the greatest phenom in the game, and the greatest, frankly, the greatest talent in the game. So tough call to decide. It's easy for me to say they should trade him. Tough call to actually do it. Mm-hmm. You're not lying about that. Well, guys, make sure you follow John Heyman on Twitter at John Heyman. You check out all his writing at New York Post and, of course, all the stuff he does at MLB Network. John, you are an absolute baseball legend, and it is always my <laughs> honor to sit here and talk to you, cut up baseball with you on Big Time Baseball and Odyssey Sports. Same for you, Cody. You're the best. Awesome, guys. Well, you follow me on Twitter at Decker6, and make sure you like, share, and subscribe to Big Time Baseball wherever you get your favorite podcasts. We'll be back next week. Enjoy yourself some baseball. Have fun on the trade deadline. Beat it. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.